Welcome to Build with Nature. I'm your host Kathy Patel and I warmly welcome you. So the aim of this podcast was to raise awareness about natural building as well as natural builders who have been working towards building with natural materials. So this episode is going to be a bit different because I'm bringing in a natural builder along with me to share her journey. Excuse me but this episode might stretch long but for sure it's going to be an interesting conversation. So stay along with us till the end. If we want to survive, I'm not talking about uh, our children's future or the next generation or anything. If we want to survive now, we have got to prioritize our consumption right now like this mo- minute this moment and construction industry being one of the most polluting industries in the world that is something we need to really look into that how we build and why we build and what materials we build with hi guys today i'm bringing in again a guest speaker with me to share her learnings and wisdoms so this episode is in conversation with anudnya nyaneshwar So how did I meet her Anudnya was a facilitator of the workshop I had attended in Dharmalaya and that's when I met her and the workshop was a pivoting point for my journey towards natural building so that's why I decided to call her in this podcast so that she could inspire you guys as well her approach towards building with natural materials and life in general what that is what has truly inspired me She has worked with DD contractor. She is an architect by profession and an amazing human who loves to build with mud. I don't want to take more time over here. So let's just dive into the conversation with Anudnya to share her journey, her journey in natural building, her journey in in general towards building with mud. Hello. So hi Anudnya. Hi Anudnya, welcome to Build with Nature. Thank you so much for joining in today. I'm extremely honored to have you here. Hi Kyati. thank you for inviting me and it's an incredible initiative you have there and my best wishes to your uh, podcast series it's very interesting i've been listening to all the episodes and uh, it's nice to see what you are up to these days thank you so much so just starting with just tell us something more about you your journey before you actually started practicing natural building i think uh, i should start it the architecture thing that i finished my architecture in pune and uh, worked at one of the commercial design studios for almost a year and while i was uh, working there i was also doing a postgraduate uh, diploma in uh, ecological resource management so uh, it was while uh, learning ecology that i realized that uh, the amount of uh, damage i was causing during the weekdays Uh, and on the weekends i was realizing uh, what kind of and what extent of damage i was causing in the architectural studio by sending yeah. out drawings so i think that was the point where uh, everything was straightforward until then that i knew that i was graduating then i was getting a job and everything looked straight and then suddenly i realized that uh, it didn't make sense anymore on on any front and uh, it, it just studying ecology makes you Uh, aware not just about the environmental issues around things, but also the essential flaws with the system that we take for granted, and systems that are based on exploitation and uh, lack of justice. And we can see where it uh, roots from, where it comes from. And when we start seeing it, you can't unsee it. And uh, I, I think that's that's when you need to 
sort of decide whether you want to just comply with the things as they are or you want to find alternatives right so yeah. when you start looking for alternatives is when um i think you would at some point stumble upon natural building or urban building or whichever that uh, is for you yeah so what actually inspired you to take this uh, building with mud ahead so how did you actually enter into this practicing the natural building journey so uh, i think when i was in college i attended one workshop that was being conducted and facilitated by saurav fadke if you heard of his name yes, he was also yes. one of the thermal facilitators yeah um and uh i guess that was the first introduction to urban building and um then after uh, this postgraduate diploma i kept sort of uh, getting into a lot of jobs and quitting because nothing really made sense because every uh, job profile required me to compromise at least one aspect of the natural building design uh, the whole philosophy or sometimes the design or something like that but uh, then uh, at one point i heard of dharmalay and i think mine was the first organized internship as such at dharmalay before oh. that it was just not there online so uh, oh. soon as it popped up i think i just ran to himachal and uh, to dharmalay and then eventually uh, i ended up working with dd um which is what uh, gave me this confirmation that that everything that i be- believed in in terms of my ethical stand or my philosophy was all correct and uh, although i kept getting these feedbacks from everyone else around me who was working professional or who were uh, doing everything else in life they everyone kept saying that uh, this all ideology is fine but it's not practical so if you want to work and survive and have a life then you will have to comply with the systems as they are yes i mean they are not unfair and they are ecologically exploitative and all of that but uh, you have to deal with it uh, dd was probably the first person who said that no you don't have to live with it as it is you can change it and you can make choices that make the system more just and fair to people who are not as privileged as we are and to communities and to ecological uh, you know aspects of your surrounding you it's possible to take more responsibility yeah it's not possible to cause zero damage is what she used to say you know but yeah. you can reduce the damage and you can take the responsibility for the damage that you must cause for your survival and that uh, resonated with what i was uh, trying to uh, do in my life as well as in my work and so i ended up working long term dd and for a brief time with dharmale and uh, it just uh, dd gave me tools also to apply that philosophy in uh, my profession and in my life you know that yeah. yes we agree on ideologies but then we also need a lot of additional skills and perspectives to be able to live by it because uh, the rest of the education i had until that point didn't really prepare me for history right? so i wasn't skilled enough to build with mud because nobody in the architecture school really taught me how to do it mm. so starting from basic design uh, principles of natural building to design details to the hand skills to the 
training your body and muscles to uh, function in a certain way to build things to the point of its uh, ideology and philosophy behind it so it, it's a broad spectrum of natural building you're talking about and yeah you know, I, I think it was a very fortunate time of my life in general to be able to uh, have that kind of uh, learning and that teacher student relationship with DD for a good amount of time to learn these things wow wow that that was really very nice so what what, what are your perspectives about uh, why is there a need for mud buildings or natural buildings in today's world like why do we truly need it so what are your perspectives about it like i know there might, there are so many reasons but what are the few that you strongly believe in okay i think first and foremost is this a big thing that uh, is like the elephant in the room that most of us don't want to look at and address and that mm-hmm. is the climate change you know yeah. it, it's it's not something that's going to happen in future anymore it's happening to us now now like right now i mean i'm talking about the number of uh, news uh, things that came out in last just a couple of months time of natural disasters around the world i think i mean the amount of uh, suffering and amount of damage people have gone through in just last few months uh, it's not something we can blame on natural disasters anymore it's it's definitely something that we have uh, brought upon ourselves and yeah. it, it's it's scientifically proven now uh denying that or pretending that we are not causing a huge uh, imbalance in in the whole global environment would be beyond foolish right so yeah. the time to make the changes time to consume less and time to sort of be little more responsible in terms of how we live on this planet i mean the time to do all of that was yesterday and yeah. we still haven't done it so i think that's a pressing need and more convincing argument than anything else i can offer right now that that if we want to survive i'm not talking about uh, our children's future or the next generation or anything if we want to survive now we have got to prioritize our consumption right now like this mo- minute this moment and construction industry being one of the most polluting industries in the world that is something we need to really look into that how we build and why we build and what materials we build with and and do we have to um, sort of uh, cause all that damage is there any Uh, i mean it's often said in urban scenarios that there is no way around it but is that really true is a question we all need to ask ourselves and that is where natural building comes into picture right yeah. so uh, we have an alternative we just don't want to go back to it because it, whatever we have right now seems comfortable but it's not the quality of food and water that we are able to get right now is so bad already that that uh assuming that we can continue living the way we are living and littering the planet the way we are littering and we will be able to survive with that is is already a myth of the past yes and i'm not talking about food and water quality in some remote village in some uh, you know corner of the world i'm talking about food and water quality in in our biggest metro cities right now is so bad that unless you're so rich that you can just like buy the best water and best food rest of us have uh 
no chance at having a healthy and happy life i mean i mean health in terms of physical health health in terms of mental emotional health and access to good resources we do not have it right now i'm not talking about 10 years down the line yeah so the uh, the the point to sort of take a u turn take a step back and uh, change the whole direction of where we want to head towards in terms of development that's something we need to do right now and i think natural building is one of the many tools that we'll need in order to uh, sort of rebuild the whole system all over again which is the need of the time yeah yeah i totally get it and like you you just you just explained it like so precisely that the on point the need for it and people literally are not catering to the elephant in the room and they're not addressing the elephant in the room and so with with all this there are few myths about as all of us know that there are few myths about mud buildings that are resisting people to actually move towards it building with natural materials so would you like to cater to any one of the major myth that you have witnessed because you have worked on ground and uh, for for quite a lot of time and one of the that myth that always comes across and you want to break that myth like just to like you know period that this is not something that happens with natural materials you know so that you would want to cater to that myth right now um so one of the myths that uh, is probably one of the first things that people say to me when i say that i build with natural materials and especially all, out of all the natural materials mud or earth or whatever uh, first thing that comes to people's mind is that oh but doesn't it dissolve in rain so yeah <laughs> um i don't want to get into the whole scientific explanation of why mm-hmm. it doesn't dissolve in rain but uh i think it has uh, probably the same uh, uh, resistance to natural elements as any other uh, as any other material construction material it's just that it depends on how we design and build with it will decide whether it will uh, uh, sort of degenerate or disintegrate with time or not i mean yeah. we have a very long and rich living surviving history of natural building all around the world that is just there but nobody looks at it nobody teaches about it in the classrooms and schools but oh, anyone who really believes that mud walls might dissolve in in rain or water needs to really have a deep closer look at just just google stuff that's all you need to do to see how long mud mud buildings last uh a few of the other common myths are that cement rcc and ms fabrication has longer durability than mud wood or bamboo which is again not true hmm. uh another myth that is there is natural buildings require a lot of maintenance whereas uh natural buildings require a different kind of maintenance that is very small and time to time whereas big buildings and uh, industrial uh, materials when you use the maintenance that comes up is maybe after a long period of time but it's extremely expensive and technically difficult maintenance like waterproofing an rcc frame structure is not something you can do with your neighbor yeah right true but you can replaster your mud walls with your neighbor yeah. right and for a very small budget you can maintain your natural building but to maintain rcc structures or bigger buildings you need like really massive 
budgets that are somewhere being taken from us we just don't realize it because you know uh, these are all invisible expenses that we take for granted and don't really account for Uh, mm-hmm. Another common myth is that uh, natural building is equivalent to making huts, shacks, or temporary structures, which is not true. You can make really luxurious and uh, very finished and uh, soft-looking uh, structures and spaces also with mud. Uh, yeah. It's just a material. It's about how you treat it that will define how it looks and how it behaves, right? True. So. another thing that often gets thrown at uh, natural builders is uh, that people consider natural building as an equivalent of archaeology or old building which is not yeah. necessarily true i mean the te- techniques or the basic fundamentals of natural building are ancient i agree with that but that doesn't mean the design and the way we treat the uh, spaces is ancient right so just because we are building with technique that's that's that draws its inspiration from tradition it's a living tradition that has evolved a lot while urban people didn't even look at it right so uh, it, it's it's a very ongoing and contemporary thing at the same time so we have to look at natural building in that light also and uh, another funny uh, assumption that we often come across is that if you use any natural material anywhere that would be sustainable or ecologically appropriate which is mm-hmm. not true like for example harvesting laterite stone from western ghats and taking it somewhere else and building with it or harvesting slate stone from himachal and taking it somewhere else and building is not ecologically responsible that's not natural building that's true. absolutely unnatural building but yeah. just because it looks natural it has that rusty earthic look earthy look doesn't mean that it's a, a sustainable or green or ecologically responsible structure so we yeah. need to take a deep and hard look into where your materials come from and where they are going to go after the building is done playing its role is what will uh, decide whether a certain thing is a natural building or not or mud building or not wow yeah. you you literally covered quite a <laughs> lot of different aspects and that, that's really nice you yeah. literally yeah i have through. a list of myths to give you yeah <laughs> that was really very helpful i know this is going to be really very helpful for the listeners so uh, going into um, it a bit deeper so how did hmm. all of the experience you know how all of this experience that you had over the years with building with uh, natural materials you know building with the rural communities over there and building with whatever is available nearby how did that actually impacted your journey you know your journey on your perspective of living your life you know how like did it impact in a way and if yes then how did it change you and change you into deciding of your lifestyle that you were going to choose to live because again a natural building is again closely linked to the lifestyle that we mm. offer right so how has yeah. that affected your lifestyle okay so the first part of your question is working with rural communities right so um when you're working in cities everything is so compartmentalized that you don't work with anybody literally you probably work with uh, one person who's probably your superior in the whole hierarchy of uh, the um, design uh, ladder 
or yeah. whatever like there will be a principal architect hierarchy or, or team yeah. group main architect who will be giving you instructions and then you will be working for them and your drawings will be directly either sent to the site or there will be some person who is an in charge of site execution who will be the next person you interact with so that's where your interaction really ends you have two people in your uh, circle that you interact with maybe three four yeah if you're working in a little more informal setting or little more open uh, setting of work culture but that's that's it that's where your interaction with people ends and when you go for site visits you act like an architect and you come out like an architect without a speck of dirt on your clothes and yeah. and there is there is no dynamics there is no learning there is no up and down there is no to and fro in all of that and um then suddenly change of work culture and uh, i i went to this small village in uttarakhand where we were supposed to build a community radio station so everything was absolutely informal there was no structure there was no architect and there was no workers per se so everybody was sort of working together there was me who knew a little bit about architecture and there were masons and people who knew a lot about building so there was a lot of exchange of information and skills happening without mm-hmm. that you cannot work but at the same time uh, to sort of come to a space where uh, you can become one of them they can trust you you have to have certain skills already with you right so you have to know what you are talking about when you go there and build especially as a young architect going to a site and starting work with a rural community you need to know what you are doing i mean you have to have some basic skills that uh, sort of give you the right to even talk to them True. i have to know how to put two bricks together before i tell someone else to do it better right otherwise yeah. i don't have any ethical right to tell that person to do a better job just because i went to an architecture school just because i was born in a city and brought up with uh, i don't know like a fancy form of education doesn't give me right to tell people what to do if i don't know how to do their job better so it takes hours and hours of masonry and carpentry and and working hands on to come to a place where uh, you can go to a site and talk to people and they will know that you know what you're talking about yeah. they will trust you they will respect you and that's when the doors open that that's when people let you in right so um, i think that that going through that process was very important and magical even for mm-hmm. me and and the doors that it opened are so incredible that i never felt the need to come back to city in terms of uh, my work sphere that uh, once you learn how to connect with people and once you learn how to get uh, become part of a community i've seen in like at least in my observation rural communities i have found lot more open minded and uh, uh, welcoming and uh, allowing a little difference to coexist freely with them yeah. than urban communities i find urban communities far more narrow minded than rural communities hmm. it's far easier to coexist with a rural community especially hmm. probably because also we are outsiders into the rural community i'm not sure they'll be uh, as uh, forgiving and open minded towards other uh, members of the community who were born and brought up in that community but um 
when you have that space where you are an outsider but you are also accepted uh, mm-hmm. you are in a position to uh, sort of uh, affect the dynamics little bit you know and uh, affect the dynamics within the community i mean that uh, you are in a position where like for example uh, the uh, radio station community radio station in uttarakhand that we were talking about that initially uh, everybody who came to work there came for employment and most of them were men by the end of the project we had just four men working on the site and about 20 women wow and wow. Uh, about six seven of the women were girls and they were handling tools for the first time on in their life on that side they were doing plastering they were doing brick making they were pretty much good at every natural building task and uh, at no point they felt unskilled right so mm-hmm. there were skills that were inherently in them like how to plaster and how to mix mud and all of that it's just that nobody had treated that as a skill before a natural building project came along so that that's what changes perspective of what uh, are considered as skills and what are not considered as skills and most of those perspectives unfortunately right now in villages are brought in from cities so when when oh. when you are in a position to change that and reverse that and say that hey you have this skill and we are going to use it and we are going to pay you for it and we are going to pay you well for it and we are also going to give you that respect that you earn and you have deserved all these years so that that changes things you know it the the whole team comes together as a team and you don't have to do anything for it you just have to keep doing something with mud and mud is that equalizer and that inclusive element that binds people together makes them little more open minded and nice to each other and uh, it brings so much more uh, sort of that community feeling in that construction group that that yeah. it just starts radiating into the community and you can't mm-hmm. help it in, in that sense natural building is such a powerful tool to uh, sort of uh, get introduced into a rural community and become a part of it that uh, i'm amazed at the power of natural building in that sense that you can just like make one small change and that will snowball into so many good changes just hmm. by being there and just by doing what you're doing and nothing extra yeah so in that sense uh the satisfaction and uh sort of joy and the acceptance that uh i feel when i'm working in a village is something i i have always found missing in cities and in that sense i don't see any hope for saving anything in cities and i'm one of those people who don't believe in that so mm-hmm. but there is so much in rural communities that we can still save there is so much of uh, humanity left there is so much of uh, respect for natural resources still there that we can still uh, sort of protect and uh, nourish and uh, that could be the sort of uh beginning of creating an alternate life for all of us who are uh seeking to change our path right yeah wow that that thank you so much for sharing that uh, you know radio station experience it was really very inspiring it's really very nice to see how you know 
empowering the women can do what what empowering a woman can do and they are capable of doing so much things so uh, like could you just go on into the details of how this is journey of actually natural building changed your lifestyle okay so uh, i i do natural building for living which means that i don't make a lot of money that itself uh, changes a lot of things right so uh, be- before i decide to uh, like not have a fallback plan or any alternative but do natural building as my uh, livelihood thing i know that uh, it's not going to be as much earning as any of my peers right so i need to really look into uh, my needs and wants and try to minimize my consumption as much as i can to fit the earning that i have one of the first effects uh, of uh, taking up natural building as a profession was probably that that i had to really decide what is it that i have to spend on what is it that is an unnecessary expenditure and i was surprised just going through that exercise that what we take by default as our urban life is just full of waste there are so mm. many expenses that i can do without and i did do well without that i had not even thought about before and um, you start cutting down and and that itself is a huge eye opener and you start looking for alternatives in every aspect of life not just your profession so uh, uh, natural building is often called an alternative building method right so it's called an alternative so you start mm-hmm. looking for alternatives everywhere so starting from your shampoo to how you want to parent your kid uh, to how you want to school your kid everything becomes true an alternative because unless you find alternatives to everything you can't choose sides you know you can't have uh, half of your lifestyle uh, sticking to one principle and not follow that principle in other aspects of life i'm not talking about integrity i'm talking about it just not being practical yeah right so uh, when you pursue a certain ideal or principle in certain one aspect of your life it starts radiating and like uh, having effect on other aspects of your life un- unavoidably and it's an interesting journey because it has led to a lot of creative alternatives which is very important we think that this is the only path this is my only choice and i have to go through this whether i agree with it or not and that's not and that's what i've learned in this whole journey and that's how it has affected our lifestyle um and it's fine to uh, like sort of keep falling back to the easy mainstream things and then again go out and dive into alternatives because that's that's how the uh, it's that that imper- imperfection of that journey that actually makes it really beautiful you know so you have to be just as forgiving to yourself as you are with the materials also so you have to embrace the weaknesses of the materials and make them beautiful the same way you have to also do that to yourself that mm-hmm. okay these are my strengths these are my weaknesses so this is probably going to happen sometimes with me but i'm still going to keep trying to be a more responsible consumer and uh i i think it becomes like an ethical uh uh sort of weight also on my shoulders that if i am talking about natural building if i am advocating loudly for natural yeah. buildings and i'm telling people that you should live in a mud house then i need to do something about my lifestyle also True. in terms of wherever and whatever i can change and and 
uh, when we make those changes with uh, real conviction and clarity, uh, it's not an adjustment. It's not a step down. It's actually such a joyful journey to consume less. And uh, it's that uh, reverse graph that lesser you consume, happier you get. For some reason, it's, that's how it is. I don't know why, but uh, that, that's how it works. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that was that was really very inspiring. So, like, just final, just a last question, final one. Could you share your wisdoms to the listener who'd want to build a natural home for self, for themselves? Just a concluding message you would want to impart for them, to just a seed of thought for them that uh, you know you could share for them if they want to build a home for themselves. Okay, so this is a question a person should ask, no matter what they are intending to do uh, in their life and let's just limit this question right now to natural building that if a person wants to build or have a natural building built for them they need to ask themselves why and why is a very important question for a lot of things and we don't ask why enough so why do we want to build a natural building or do we want to build it because it looks good or do we want to build it because it's the latest green thing because we vaguely somewhere feel that that's the ecologically appropriate thing that we can do for environment or do we want to build because we want to change our lifestyle that we want to have a natural lifestyle we want to step down from the ladder of the consumption and we see natural building as an outward projection of an inner and deeper change in ourselves, right? So mm -hmm. uh, when, when, the, when you find that why, and this is that why that resonates with you, that yes, this is the building that is going to uh, sort of uh, create an opportunity for me to have a more simpler, graceful, humble, and meaningful life then that natural building is truly going to bring you home, right? Otherwise, it's just a misbehaving pet for you that you will yeah. end up having and you don't want to have that. Hmm. So always inquire into why you want to build a natural building. Wow, that, is, that was really very nice. Thank you so much, Anudnya, for sharing, for sharing all the information that you shared. Because every time I listen to you, like you just leave me with like so much inspiration like so I, I literally have so much notes written down right now because like you just said some things that were like wow you know this is something we just mentioned that on point and that was something I really very appreciate about you you always keep inspiring me and thank you so much for doing that and thank you Kayati. thank you so much So that's all for this episode. If you have stayed along with us till now, you do not know how much this means to me. I'm extremely grateful to you for listening. You are listening to Build With Nature. This episode was in conversation with Anudya and I hope to get her back soon because she has a sea full of wisdoms to share with us. She has been an inspiration and I'm so grateful to have her in this podcast with us. You can connect to me on Instagram at KathyMP or email me at Kathy at the .in. And you can connect to Anudnya at, at her Instagram handle at AnudnyaADN. That's A-N-U-J-N-A-A-D-N. Or you can connect to her on Facebook at Mathimol. We would be happy to hear from you. 
you can subscribe to the podcast to be notified for the latest episode so hang in there do not forget to share your insights and tag us on instagram do let us know how did you like this episode thanking you again i'm chati patel see you again in the next episode happy earthing